0: Did
1: we record all of that just then?
0: I wanted to, but I didn't. Okay, I, I, <laughs> I'm glad you didn't. Test, <laughs> test, 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 test. Welcome to the nightmare box. Presenting mistakes were made. My name is Brett Bloom. Sitting across from the beautiful, the effervescent, the holy hell. Do her legs look good in that dress, Aww. Kristen Pennington? That's
1: sweet. Thank you.
0: Yeah, we just got back from a wedding weekend. Uh,
1: Quinn's hot spring. Yeah,
0: my brother, Nick, got married oh, to court. I'm sorry, I'm pouring a beer. I didn't forget your name. Um, <laughs> like, fuck, who did he marry? It's like, fuck, I spent all weekend with her. <laughs> known her for years. Um,
1: <laughs> Lived and, with her for a week.
0: Yeah, at this beautiful resort up in the mountains. It was fantastic. People cried. Cried.
1: I did, and I am not a. I cry at stupid things a lot. I, I will admit that
0: for sure. I thought sure. you were about to say you're not a crier. I was like, that's no. your pastime. No,
1: I was going to say, I don't cry at weddings. I'm not a wedding crier for some reason, but I cry at a lot of really stupid things, like really cheesy children's animated cartoons will make me cry. Um, yeah. But I'm not a wedding crier, and I totally made fun of Nick's mom, like lovingly, like, poked fun <laughs> at her, like, can you need some tissues? You planning on crying? And then I cried. So. <laughs> Joke's on me. It
0: was beautiful. The vows were incredible. The view was Mm -hmm. next level. The bar had hilarious characters in it. The
1: lady that officiated was really funny, too. Yeah. Uh, She made me cry, also. (laughs) It
0: was an interesting group of people, to say the least. Very uh, happy we went and did that. I was nervous. (laughs) I'm always nervous before... I have to do anything. I was
1: good after a few beers. I was nervous. Well, that's
0: how I live my life.
1: <laughs> so I'm nervous
0: all day until I get a few beers and then I relax a little bit.
1: I was nervous because there were a lot of people I didn't know and had never met. And yeah. then a few beers in. It was like, oh, we're all just partying.
0: <laughs> we're just talking to people. I got up and danced. Did hmm. you come and dance?
1: A little bit, yeah. yeah. I, there was
0: uh, that just one moment where... twist with Sin and Laura. Yeah, Sin wouldn't <laughs> let me leave. She was like,
1: no, you have to dance. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so it was a good time had by all. Got to meet the whole this side of the family. People that we had not met yet. So.
1: Did a huge group photo because there were a Massive. bunch of them.
0: <laughs> yeah, it looked like the beginning of The Godfather. <laughs> it's like 30 people. You're like, okay, so this them. is your cousin, this is your brother. This is your other cousin's brother. <laughs> they kept
1: calling them the whatever last name clan. Each time yeah. they would reference any of them, so it felt a little like The Godfather. <laughs> Welcome
0: to the family. <laughs>
1: we're uh for sure going back up there eventually though because
0: maybe okay. next weekend no, no. <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> i didn't enjoy it that much that i want to repeat it right away <laughs> i want to
0: have a cabin in the woods mm-hmm. and just never leave that place And it's what we decided because I think we're slowly working our way there because we left Murfreesboro because it was too big. Left Nashville before that because it was way too big. Got out to Missoula, which is half the size of Murfreesboro, and then we went out to the mountains, and it was coming back to Missoula. It was like, oh, fuck, we got to be around people. Oh, it's funny. That <laughs> Slowly it's... move into a town of, like, 500 people. <laughs>
1: it's funny, though, because when we uh, talked about it initially, you were always like, oh, I want a cabin in the woods, and I don't want to be around anyone. And ideally, you would have to have a helicopter to get to my house yeah. at all, <laughs> and, like, all this crazy stuff, and I was like... Doesn't sound like fun being totally isolated. Like, why would you do that? So, you do it for a weekend? (laughs)
0: Well,
1: we moved here, and I was a little apprehensive about downsizing so much because to me, um, murfreesboro itself was very overcrowded but the city like the size of the city seemed kind of small to me
0: well that was but, the problem was it was yeah. 144,000 people living in a city roughly the size of the place that we're currently yeah. living with 74,000 people
1: so um like i was a little nervous about moving here but it is about the same size city-wise as murfreesboro just yeah with half the people And i'm like oh my god this is so nice but yeah i like we weren't even in the same car he had to go up um a day early for the rehearsal dinner. Yeah. And um, so I came up a day after. And so obviously we didn't drive back together either. But uh, yeah, we were both in totally separate cars and had the same thought. I was like on the point of the interstate where the mountains were starting to get a bit more in the distance. And I was like, well, this is no fun. I want to go back. <laughs> I want to no. go
0: back to the middle of nowhere.
1: Just no want, cell phone reception. just want to sit at that
0: bar doing shots at Jack Daniels, <laughs> listening to some old cowboy sing George Strait songs.
1: Yeah, I was, like, weirdly bummed about coming back to (laughs) this I was like, we were so isolated and so close to the mountains.
0: Damn, I love this place. This was a damn good decision. Stressful Mm. as fuck. Stressful (laughs) as fuck, but...
1: Still settling (laughs) in. We're We're making making it! it. (laughs) I'm making it. (laughs) (laughs) But, um...
0: I like that, that better. That I'm loving it. It's like sadder. (laughs) I'm making it. I'm just kind of here.
1: (laughs) Oh. Okay. Oh, sad. But, okay, so we recently did um, a podcast about, like, villains and what makes a good bad guy and stuff like that. So today, kind of segueing off the wedding, I wanted to talk about what makes a good protagonist.
0: There you go. So,
1: um... Hopefully she doesn't mind me saying this, but um, Courtney had a a bit in her vows where she was talking about, you know, wishing she could say when she first met Nick, it was like a rom-com type moment where you, you know, fall head over heels instantly the second you see them. And she was like, but that's not what happened.
0: Yeah. She thought it was just going to be a passing friendship and then it stuck. And
1: then all the little intimate moments that they experienced together, you know, built up to them getting married this weekend. Yeah but congratulations um, (laughs) uh you know that had me thinking about rom-coms in general and uh good guys in all genres because in every rom-com there's that little meet cute of like oh the characters meet and aren't they you know will they won't they and then they kind of maybe do, but then something horrible happens and they go their separate ways and it's never going to work out and then they come together in in the end.
0: Falls into the ABC formula.
1: (laughs) Yeah. and
0: There's only like four rom-coms that have deviated enough from that formula to stand out. (laughs) Like the rest of them, you're like, just put on a blindfold and uh, let me guess, is Adam Sandler going to get the girl?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Every night for 50 years.
0: Every night. Uh, the First dates. His best one was, um, I'll, I'll, I won't hijack your point. I'll no, go ahead. His
1: best his, one's what?
0: Mr. Deeds. Oh, yeah. The rom-com side of Mr. Deeds, where like he thinks he's <laughs> saved her from a mugger, and like she's some small-town girl. She but set him up. She's <laughs> a fucking journalist. And she's got to like, overcome the journalism thing and win him back. It's like a reversal. Mm-hmm.
1: That is a good one. It's still the same formula. They yeah, fall
0: apart because she's But she they screwed spun up. it around on the head. Normally it's the guy, and it's like, oh, I guess I'm just a fuck-up again. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that, is, that is true. I haven't really thought yeah. about
0: that. Yeah. Another cool one, I don't know why I'm going on a rom-com rant, is uh, I'm not a big rom-com fan, so I've only got a couple of them, is that one with uh, Dane Cook, where he's not the one. But girls line mm. up at his door because after they break up with him, yeah, they'll sure. find their husband.
1: It's lucky something. Good luck, Chuck. Yeah. 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 Good luck, Chuck. That's what it is. Yeah. That's a, well, that's he does eventually meet place. the girl, though.
0: Yeah, but then the concern is, like, she's going to leave because nobody gets married to him. And I think that one's got the really cool scene where he, like, walks into the Johnny Cash song in the all-black suit. I oh, don't
1: know. I haven't seen it in a long time.
0: I've seen it one time, but... Then the girl he fell for, like, working in an
1: aquarium or something. I feel like I remember penguins. Yes. That was was also in 50 First Dates, too. It was
0: Jessica Mm Alba. She worked with penguins.
1: (laughs) I don't know why I remembered that. I haven't seen that. I think I've seen it once ever. But it proves my point, though, because, like, rom-coms are specifically about just romances. And, um... For whatever reason, there has to be a bad thing that happens every single time, and that's true of pretty much all movies that uh, are movies that we actually enjoy Mm -hmm. and remember, and that you know go on to be movies that are basically remembered. Like does
0: Forrest Gump count as a rom-com?
1: I don't know, we've talked about this before, I don't
0: know. No, we have. Yeah, we, I we have. I, I thought I had a whole no. brand new creative no, idea. No, we have literally talked about this before, <laughs> like,
1: and I, I feel like... If it is,
0: it's the one with the most fucked up ending.
1: No, I don't think it is. <laughs> I don't know. I'd have to look up what they classified it as, but I don't... I wouldn't call it a rom-com.
0: I'd say it has elements of rom-communist.
1: <laughs> is a new phrase? Yep. rom communists. Yeah. Sounds like you're trying to say rom-communist. Rotten communists. <laughs> <laughs> basically the same (laughs) (laughs) but like there's that because you were talking about you feel like it's just a throwback to the odyssey there's that concept of our good guys have to go through essentially the hero's journey like they go out on an adventure all this bad shit happens to them you know they have the mentor or whatever and then they come back home and all that jazz like I don't remember all the steps to the hero's journey go google it if you
0: go read the odyssey (laughs) but I or anything
1: there's this weird like it makes sense to me for a bad guy because you want to see the human nature and a bad person and believe that they're not pure evil so seeing these weird vulnerable moments of how did we get this far off course Mm -hmm. makes sense because you're humanizing them but we take...
0: We really need to watch the Joker movie. I I hear it's next fucking level.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've heard it's yeah. really good. Uh, I've heard it's a really good portrayal specifically of that... Um...
0: Mental illness.
1: Well, no, I was going to say that... Um... Shoot. What is the phrase I'm trying to find? Character. No, it, mental illness, but um, when you... The further down the rabbit hole you go. That's not the phrase I'm trying to find, but you know how it okay. slowly builds on itself and gets worse and worse and worse yeah. the decline of mental it's like a, illness. Yeah, it's like a
0: compounding effect.
1: Yeah. I've referred to as a good representation of that, like someone who's like on the verge of snapping and slowly declining over time. All the way out.
0: Yeah.
1: Um but, but like you, I mean, I haven't seen it. I've seen the trailers, but even like with that, they make it out like he's just this like dude who just, you know, wants to make people happy and wants to, you know, mm-hmm. wear his little clown, get up and tell jokes and make people smile. And we want to see, which granted he, he is a villain, but with we want to see people you all, suffer. Yeah,
0: you want to see that origin story, you know, but the, the Joker's a weird one. I'm sorry if I accidentally derailed your, com- oh, your, uh, your topics that you have, um, but even this is a be-
1: conversation yeah, regarding.
0: but like mm-hmm. even before the origin movie comes out, like the Heath Ledger Joker, mm-hmm. people love that character. Like it's y- you don't hate. You know that's the one movie where you're like, "Fuck Batman." <laughs> <laughs> we don't need that. The Scarecrow didn't do that to him in the first movie. You know, people were like, "Christian Bale, go kick his ass." But- <laughs> Heath Ledger playing the Joker. You're like, I I love that character. And people loved him in the comic books. They wrote origin books. There's like four or five different ways the Joker becomes the Joker. Mm-hmm. And um, I no, he's a brilliant, brilliant character. But Not he, a thing you say very often with like comic books and literature type stuff. But
1: but he is also a villain, so that is still humanizing a bad guy.
0: Yeah, but they've they've done such a good job, or his character is so brilliant that. Like you're you're rooting for him half the time because you can see the sanity within the madness and I'd really like to see that movie so we should do that.
1: We will do that. Fuck yeah. We have a theater relatively close to where we live, so.
0: I'm sorry. No, you're Kristen's got notes. I have no notes. <laughs> I do this every time. I don't have notes.
1: It's alright. Um. <clears throat> but no, we were talking earlier outside about that concept of how strange that is that we only truly love or sympathize with characters if they're suffering. Like, if a character doesn't go through some hardship or some trial, like, we usually label them as, like, being a bland, uninteresting character. And um, I feel like to an extent that's because life itself is actually hard, and we want to see people that make us... A, feel better about ourselves, and also that we can see a bit of ourselves in. So, you know, yeah, like there are some movies, like Alien or whatever, where it's super <laughs> over the top and we're not going to be in space fighting aliens, but you want to see this this hero that might lose or is going yeah. through a, a rough patch come out successful in the end because I feel like it makes us feel better about our own yeah. situations. <coughs>
0: And as I was saying earlier, like I, or not earlier on here, but earlier before we turned the microphone on, I, I love nothing more than like a flawed bad guy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's one of the big examples that I'm always bringing up is Polonix' survivor, uh, Tender, in that book. Uh, is you don't like him at all. <laughs> There's nothing likable about the dude. Like he's all fucked up all the time. And, uh, yet he's probably my favorite good guy that's ever been in anything. Cause he's, he is so just upsetting as a person, but I feel like I've met that guy in a bar and passing before, you know,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you need a good flawed, good guy, you know, like you, you... there's a weird thing that happened in like the forties, the fifties, the sixties, um, With, like, comic books. I don't know why I keep going back to that. I don't read comic books. But,
1: um...
0: With your superheroes. Superman. Bullets fly off of him. A rock from another planet might fuck him up. But outside of that, he's pretty much good to go. Um... But our heroes post 9-11, I think especially, have to be these like traumatized people.
1: Well, Superman's parents died, so even he had some trauma in oh, his I, past. Oh,
0: I didn't know that. I just thought he got sent no, off in a shuttle.
1: His planet got destroyed. That's why he landed on Earth and huh. his entire planet was destroyed.
0: But he leaps over buildings, and I think he'd get over <laughs> my dead parents at that point. <laughs> <laughs>
1: There's some, I mean, he has very loving, supportive, adoptive parents who aren't weirded out at all that he's an alien baby, so yeah. he has a strong support system But even That's his great. character had. Uh,
0: I guess now that I think of it, yeah, Spider-Man was conflicted. And,
1: his uncle dies, yeah. who was his father figure.
0: Batman, his parents get shot. My point is completely lost. It all fell apart. I'm sorry. I
1: think think the closer to home, real life trauma got, the more complex those situations got. Because that's a little bit of a formula: kill the parents, and then that's what I was
0: thinking. Is like as opposed to back then when we were all supposed to be superheroes because we just won the big war and you know we were impenetrable. Um, Our heroes didn't seem as flawed, Mm -hmm. Uh, but post 9/11. The ones that stand out to you. Robert De Niro and the taxi driver. Like, his mission is to assassinate a mayor, but he's the good guy in the movie. Like, <laughs> he kills a pimp, you know, fucking. Uh, that's not a. You know. That's one of the ones that stands out. Is like they they had these really dark uh, good guys. I, I keep losing what the fuck I'm trying. I think yeah, it's yeah. the dryer. I don't know what's going on with me today. <laughs> Do you want me to shut it off? No, it's all right.
1: <laughs> well, I feel like I'm exhausted.
0: I've been yeah.
1: No, <laughs> true story. But post
0: 9/11, you need these flawed characters. So you get like Denzel Washington, a man on fire. You know, where he's like the alcoholic bodyguard who loses the little girl and he has to go recapture her and like overcome his own personal demons while fucking up the cartel.
1: Or what's that one called where he takes a hospital hostage because they won't That is treat one of my favorite daughter? movies.
0: It's John Q. Yeah, John Q. They won't treat his son. It has an oh, enlarged those. heart. He passes out on the baseball field. And he doesn't have money for medical bills. So that one covers a political angle. It gets across the message about how fucked up our healthcare system is, and you're rooting for the guy who has a gun in a hospital, mm-hmm. which is not the guy that you would root for if that story popped up on News Channel Five, you know, uh deranged man with firearm holds emergency uh, room and Wesley Snipes hostage. Not Wesley Snipes.
1: Oh, is that dog day or?
0: Dog Day Afternoon, yeah, Al Pacino. Yeah, that's another one. Yeah. They,
1: uh, hold a bank hostage. Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, a gay guy and his friend, um, Al is the gay guy. I can never remember the friend's name, but he is one of the greatest actors of all time. Like, he played Fredo in The Godfather. He was, um, nameless, I can't remember the guy's name, in Dog Day Afternoon. Mm-hmm. But that's another one. Yeah, he's, uh... He's gay. He's holding up the bank so that he can pay for his transgender boyfriend becoming girlfriend surgery. He wants to be able to give him a sex change. Um, And so he's trying to explain that. Like, the cops have to go interview the transgender. And they don't understand what's going on. But you get this really beautiful moment where Sonny's allowed to call her. And... He's, like, coming to pieces. He's like, oh, I'm doing this all for you.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: fucking love that movie.
1: But I feel like... um Like, don't... Don't all riot against me. I don't believe in... Yeah,
0: guy in India.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't personally believe in love at first sight, period. I think that's a really cliche, cheesy concept. I'm sitting right here. <laughs>
0: Our whole relationship is built on chairs. I'm the only one sitting in a chair right now. <laughs> we
1: knew each other for a couple of months before we even went on
0: a oh, date. I, I was in love with you at first sight. I'm going to no, hold to that. No, the... you weren't.
1: But no, like I don't... I don't I think the first
0: sight, can... I was pissed off you are sitting in my chair.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think you can be really infatuated with someone or admire someone or just really be attracted to their physical appearance or whatever. But sometimes
0: you can date them for like a whole year before you like tell them that you're dating them. (laughs) Sometimes that does happen.
1: But like, I I don't personally believe in, um, love at first sight because I think it's a naive concept to think that you can love someone that you don't truly know. And, um, my argument towards why we want to see our good guys suffer is I I think life itself is a very difficult, trying experience to have to live through, and it's um, especially difficult and trying to have to do it by yourself. So when you have a community, whether it's you know your family, your friends, your significant other, or whatever, you want to feel understood and like you're kind of in it together, and um, like i don't I don't think you can really honestly truly love someone until you yeah. see them in their more vulnerable moments because you connect with each other and you get to know each other on a much deeper, more personal level that most of the rest of the world doesn't get to see
0: well I mean tough stuff like that you know like kind of pulls back the mask like anybody can pretend to be the greatest dude in the world to get in your pants but uh then you move across the country with them you're going to see a side of them and you go, "Oh, that's Brett. Well, that's Chris. <laughs> you know.
1: But I think that's true of why we also want to see the people we care about in films like deal with these difficult situations because okay. we want to feel connected to them and like I, I guess understood in our own lacking the words I want right now. Like, understood in our own, like, trials and our own difficulties yeah. and our own vulnerabilities. So when you see these adventures off on these great adventures, like, failing, you're like, oh, okay, I had a shitty day today, too, and that's alright, because, you know what, I'm gonna bounce back tomorrow and yeah. get this shit done. So, um... And
0: then you're rooting for them, because yeah. you just shared their vulnerable mm-hmm. moment. Yeah.
1: And, you know, I think that cliche saying that you know like hardships like make or break you is true like you either find strength in those moments and connect with the people around you or they you realize you don't really have that much in common, and it kind of dissolves those relationships so um I'm gonna be you
0: get down to the raw nerves you know you see a whole different side of people yeah like we've changed in the move you know as um as a couple for the better but our our, we saw sides of each other that we probably would have kept hidden from one another during this entire process um in a weird way, we used to fight a lot more before we were honest and before we saw that side to each other. Well... We haven't had, like, a blowout since we got up here. Mm-hmm. The first month was... <laughs> it was like we were constantly tearing each other's heads off. It was like, I love you! Now shut the fuck up! You know
1: what I mean? Oh, it's funny to me because, um... No, now
0: it's like, hey, uh, sweetheart, quick question...
1: well it's funny to me because we went to jay's wedding which was pretty much exactly this time last year congratulations
0: Um, to you guys too still an awesome couple
1: (laughs) we got lost um i kind of had a fender bender Um, kind of you you hit a man with your car (laughs) we scraped paint and he definitely cut into my lane as was I was pulling hammered. up. And yeah, he so was So that
0: crazy. helped you? That wasn't
1: entirely my fault.
0: <laughs> dude, are we calling the cops? Like, the dude was like, we are definitely not calling the cops. <laughs> I'm sorry you hit me, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> that
1: really wasn't my fault, though. He switched into the lane that I was currently trying yeah. to merge into. And he was
0: so. liquored and like crossed three yeah. fucking... yeah.
1: But anyway, all these really stressful things happened. And uh, then there was that one semi driver who just did not know how to drive a semi that tried to kill us. But um, like we got in a weird fight over it. Yeah. And Like it was like all these like difficult things that we were just like, ugh, like can't deal with this right now. So like I think we were both kind of nervous about having to drive a moving van across the country yeah. together. Something and I've
0: never driven <laughs> to a place that you've three never straight been. Days, three straight ten hour <laughs> days
1: and like it went so seamlessly. So like even just like a year of like the struggle of trying to survive college and graduating college and having a weird breakout that lasted.
0: In reality, like an hour (laughs) and a half. And then like in uh, how we were referring to one another, almost a year and a half before I was like, oh shit, I forgot to make her my girlfriend again. (laughs)
1: like having talking
0: about moving across the country. I should probably clarify that we're dating still.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Having all these weird like tests of our relationship and like both you know trying to mutually come together and like deciding that you know we cared and we wanted to work on this and make these changes it was like something that should have been so insanely stressful like moving across the country together really honestly wasn't that bad like we had like Two incidences that weren't directed towards each other at all that were, like, kind of stressful. And I was like, well, we well, us at the hotel so we can finally relax. Well, most
0: of it's been, you know, financial issues and stuff oh, like yeah. that. Because, uh, once again, somebody at this table decided to double down on writing degrees.
1: <laughs> and
0: uh, everybody learned how to do that in the third grade. So, <laughs> I'm working at an animal shelter. But...
1: <laughs> I'm not doing what my degree's in either, so...
0: We're getting there. We're working on it. <laughs> We're running but most of our company. Yeah, most of our issues have been financial issues, oh. and those are not things that we go at each other for. We haven't gone at each other in a, in a hot minute.
1: But it's proof that hardships, again, will either yeah. make or break you, because... Yeah. We could have easily been like, nah, I'm good. No, we're sharpening. This was fun, it, yeah. but we're we're done, you we're, know. Sh-
0: we're sharpening each other. We're fucking making ourselves better. <laughs> and you're trying to drive me down to the world of emotions. I knew what you <laughs> no, were No, no, I'm,
1: I'm moving on to I'm, I'm moving nerdy. on to grab better beers. <laughs> <laughs> Can I get a refill while you're up? No. Please? Okay. Thank you. No, I'm moving on to nerdy topics. Hell I'm going to yeah. make you uncomfortable in other ways. Um, but, so... Like I said, I feel like there's this weird recurring concept in films that you want to see the people that you care about go through hardships and it makes us feel more connected to them. So um, I had a couple of examples that have forever stood out to me and of course I'm going to go down the road of talking about the Lord of the Rings. (laughs) We bring him up every goddamn episode. (laughs) That's one of my favorite... um, Film series, for sure. The... Winston just jumped into the refrigerator. <laughs> <laughs> the books were good. I don't know if I'll ever go back and reread them, because they are a trying read.
0: Tolkien. I have them around here somewhere, and I am going to, because I trashed Tolkien enough. I should probably give him another try. been reading He's Ted very... Kaczynski. I should probably sit down and read Tolkien. If you,
1: If you can read essential college papers, I feel like you can read Tolkien. Like, because yeah. it's a, probably about as dry, honestly. Tolkien's are very orgy.
0: They had a house, and the house had straw, and the straw came from North Carolina. and North <laughs> yeah. Carolina is a place <laughs> that in is the literally old, and...
1: <laughs> It's a dry read, but ironically, his stories were incredibly well structured yeah. and well thought out. Um, and specifically in the Hobbit and the Lord of the Rings, like he makes a lot of use of these very vulnerable characters being the heroes of his story. Like, literally, the smallest people that exist in the (laughs) land.
0: The hobbits. Yeah,
1: the hobbits are uh, the people that he chooses to make the heroes of his story. And, um, you know, it's again playing into that concept of this this person being small and vulnerable and struggling through these difficult times and coming out on top. So... Like, that in general is an interesting concept. But he has a character in particular that I have always really loved that I never felt like really got his due diligence. Like, uh, not a character that people talk about Mm -hmm. or a character that people remember, but um, the book version anyway, honestly, probably my favorite character in the entire series was Faramir. Who's
0: he in the movie?
1: Um...
0: See the archer dude?
1: No, he's actually not. He's a side character. He's oh. not in um, a large chunk of any of the films. Oh, like okay. he's got. I
0: just, if it was one of the main people, I wanted to be able to get him. In no,
1: head. Uh, Boromir, the dude that takes the arrows to the chest, it's his brother.
0: Oh, okay.
1: So it is the brother of one of the main characters, but um. Guys. <laughs> the cats are fine. No
0: fighting around the. <laughs>
1: Max is smacking <laughs> one stone in the face.
0: One, two, one. <laughs> oh oh. <laughs> sorry, team. All right, we're back on track. The cats are boxing.
1: <laughs> um, but it's a it's a good example, I feel like, of the complexity of two different quote unquote good guys. Um, Boromir has a a very uh deep moment of vulnerability, I guess. But, um, so Boromir and Faramir, I'm gonna explain, since Brett doesn't know who these characters are. Are, um... <laughs> the cats are still fighting.
0: I threw a beer cap at him. and <laughs> It did not move.
1: <laughs> yes. they, they have no fucks to give
0: about Fuck you. uh, I'm going to step on all three of those later, and it's going to hurt.
1: Yeah, and I vacuumed in here, so (laughs) thanks for throwing trash on my floor.
0: I'm sorry for throwing trash on this podcast.
1: (laughs) 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 But Okay, so uh, Boromir and Faramir are brothers. They're the sons of Denethor, and um, Boromir, the older brother, is the leader of... Denethor's army. I can't remember the name of the army, but they're from Gondor. And um, Boromir is the favorite son. Uh, sorry, the cats are losing their shit. <laughs> and like, very, very heavily favored. Yeah. Um, you know, he's the leader of the army. Like, he gets all the praise, all the recognition. And Faramir basically just does not exist to their father. He is very clearly yeah. the unfavored the son. second son. Yeah. And Boromir gets sent to um, meet Frodo and the rest of the Council whenever they're trying to decide what to do with the Ring, because Denethor wants the Ring brought to his city so that they can use the power of it to help defend the city. Um, and Denethor is not a nice man; he he has selfish motivations. Yeah. So, <laughs> sorry, the cats are still going crazy.
0: Um. Hey, YouTube.
1: <laughs> So, um, later on, yes. so far off the rails, so far, sorry guys. It's not my fault, it's the cats, <laughs> I'm sorry. So, uh, later on, yeah. whenever Boromir has his weak moment, which if you've seen at least the first film, um, but that's I'll
0: a sleep on accident, but...
1: I so say, that's a pretty iconic scene in the movie. Um, Boromir tries to steal the ring from Frodo, and to be fair, the ring um, corrupts people's hearts. So he he's lost in the power yeah. of the ring and tries to steal the ring from Frodo, and then they get attacked, and Boromir, to kind of gain back penance, gives his life so that Frodo can flee, and that's whenever the company separates, and Frodo goes on his own journey with Sam and the rest of them. Uh, you know go on their own mm-hmm. and um...
0: <laughs> I think Winston just fucked oh, no. Max's I don't know who's crying out? is that
1: Max or Winston?
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> but okay anyway so um but there's that difference Boromir is seen as this very strong leader character yeah. who's gonna defend the city and take care of everyone and he has this deeply vulnerable moment where he tries to steal the ring and then he does gain back penance, gives up his life to defend the hobbits so that they can get away. But then Faramir, who especially after Boromir dies, is that much more hated by his father. His father literally tells him, the wrong son died. I wish you had died instead. Like, that's how, how cruel his father is to him. Um you know, Faramir ends up taking up Boromir's position, leading the army and all that, just because he's the only son left. Mm -hmm. And um, Frodo and Sam, after they've separated from the rest of the group, eventually run into Faramir later, and he uh, tells Frodo before he realizes who Frodo is, or that Frodo Mm -hmm. has the ring, that he wants nothing to do with the ring, that it's evil, that he would never touch it. And in the book, he realizes later on, while Frodo is still in his company, that Frodo has the ring, and he lets Frodo go. And he's like, I, I wouldn't touch it. I told yeah. you I wouldn't take the ring. Like, go. Destroy this thing. And then the movie, which still to this day makes me mad, Frodo and Sam are essentially taken captive by Faramir, and Faramir tries to drag them to Gondor. Oh, to like, he tricks them? Well, he... Like, he says the same speech, like, I think, if I'm remembering right, in the movie, like, he doesn't want anything to do with the ring, and then he realizes they have the ring, and he's like oh shit in the film he's like this would win favor with my father i'm taking them to the city because my father would want this and it makes me mad because that is not what happened in the book like in the book faramir is this very downtrodden vulnerable character who is of the two of them you know his brother's the stronger more successful person but of the two of them faramir is the more pure of heart character and he lets frodo go in the book and
0: I hate when they fuck shit oh, up. It makes
1: them? me so mad yeah. because it's, it's... I've
0: had my multiple rants about Pet Sematary. <laughs> so <I'm not> <laughs> it's the most
1: likable moment yeah. his character has throughout the entire series, which his character has a lot of really great moments, but he sees this all-powerful object and he's like, no, it's wrong. Yeah, Take it away. And it is the only time that I remember anyway in the whole series where he defies his father because his father wanted the ring. And um, there's a point later on, whenever his father knows that he let the hobbits go and he's mad at him, and he's essentially taking it out on his son, he sends his son to uh, recapture the city that they've lost, um, even though he knows it's a, a death mission. It's a suicide and, mission. Yeah. And his son goes, because he's, he's like, you know, I don't think this is the right choice, but it's what my father wants and I want to make my father proud. And so him... Turning away the ring is the one and only time he defies his father because he knows it's the right thing to do. And he goes to <coughs> Sorry. Try to take back the city and almost loses his life for it. And his father, in response, when they bring back his on the brink of death body to yeah. the city, tries to light the two of them on fire. Because he's like, My lineage is dead, the city's gonna fall, we're all doomed. He tries to burn the two of them alive. God, so damn. <laughs> yeah and like in the end Faramir ends up living Denethor burns himself alive so Denethor does die and Faramir Faramir has this like really beautiful redeeming arc where he falls in love with Eowyn who is also like a really complex character and Mm. like has this kind of happy ending and it's nice because you see this character who has suffered the entire time and always does the right thing always makes the right choices have this happy ending versus this character who's like the strong, well loved, stereotypical hero character having this fall from grace yeah. and redeeming himself. So, you see, like, the juxtaposition of the super strong, stereotypical character, vulnerable, recover, versus suffer, 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 happy ending.
0: I almost prefer the suffer, suffer, suffer.
1: He's a much more likable character yeah. of the two because his brother is much more arrogant. So, it, it is a nice play to see the two literal brothers like so opposite of mm-hmm. each other.
0: I definitely have to revisit.
1: <laughs> I have to
0: go back and they f- fucked it give, up give in it the a movie. shot. I didn't realize it Made went that hard. I just thought we were talking about houses in some small village. They like <laughs> They had hairy feet. That's like the only detail I remember.
1: <laughs> no, it's an entire world he <laughs> built with like all these races and he created the language and all that. But like... I do like Aragorn and I like Frodo and there are a lot of really likable characters. I like Gimli and uh, Legolas's relationship with each other, but like Faramir is kind of a side character that you only meet a couple of times um, throughout specific events and not a character people ever like talk about. And like, I'm so mad that they did that to him in the movie because I'm like he was like a true hero, like kind of just on the sidelines the whole yeah. time.
0: That's how I feel about <coughs> Spider and The Goodfellas. Do you remember Spider? Mm-mm. You ever seen The Goodfellas? It's been a while. We, we I have yet to watch it uh, this month, so we need to <laughs> pretend to watch it about twelve times a year. Um, shit! For a second there, I was like, "Shit! Have I got the right movie?" <laughs> no, it's definitely Spider. Uh, it was the guy who played Chris in The Sopranos, and. He gets shot by Joe Pesci in the foot, and then he gets a cocky attitude, and then Joe Pesci blows his heart out of his chest. So he gets shot twice in the same bar doing the same goddamn thing. I don't know. It's <laughs> not fun. That's all I had. I was like, Brett, please have something to say, because that was a really interesting point Krista was making. I thought you were going to keep going with it. You know, it's like, I don't know anything about the Lord of the Rings. So... <laughs>
1: no, I mean, like, it's it's just a weird play on still the standard of we want to see the people we care about go through suffer. these hardships. Yeah, yeah, like, essentially suffer, but two completely different ways to do it.
0: Well, it's... Um... A lot of the Hamlet story, you know, and, and uh, you know my love for Shakespeare.
1: <laughs> we uh, all know your love for Shakespeare. No,
0: but uh, Hamlet into, like, Sons of Anarchy. Uh-huh. You know, you have these heavily conflicted characters. Uh, Jax is, you know, not only our dog, but is the main character on that particular TV show. And he's living out the Hamlet tale through all of that but like you see him like meet his girlfriend and like they fall in love and then they've broken up like 12 years before or whatever and they're trying to like hit it back off and he gets his buddy's wife killed and it's a whole situation
1: or like um breaking bad like this guy
0: breaking bad the cancer-ridden fucking chemist teacher
1: that's a bit of, a guess, a descent into a villain, sort of. Do what? I said, I guess that's a bit of a descent into becoming a villain, because isn't he kind of... Heisenberg? Yeah, doesn't he kind of become...
0: Well, Jesse, in the later parts, after Walt gets cancer and then survives the cancer and the cancer's gone, Walt goes off the deep end mm-hmm. because now he's just a meth cook. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But you meet Jesse. Jesse is a uh, low time meth dealer and meth cook. But he's like putting like Cajun spice in his meth. And so, like, people are calling him Captain Cook. He drives (laughs) around. Big ass car that says cat. Yeah, Cook I've only on seen back. like an episode yeah.
1: or two of Breaking yeah. Bad. So when you
0: meet Jesse, he's like jumping out the window and like has to run away because he's been like screwing the lady that's upstairs, like his neighbor's wife or whatever. So the cops raid his house and he's next door and he jumps out and Walt's in the back of the car. But Walt taught Jesse when Jesse was in high school and he failed all the chemistry classes. And so like you're rooting for Walt as he's becoming the meth kingpin and then. XYZ happens, and their characters kind of switch roles. Jesse does not want to have fuck-all to do with cooking meth anymore. He saved the life of his dude. His girlfriend's overdosed. He's fuck this, and he's trying to get out, trying to get out, and he just keeps getting dragged back into it. You fight with him all the way to the point where they just released a movie telling Jesse's story after Walt gets shot. So... you. that is a damn good example considering we've only watched like two episodes together. Well, I
1: know kind of the arc of it just because it is such a popular TV show. I don't... There's not a reason I haven't watched it. It's not like I'm anti-Breaking Bad. I just never sat down and watched it. It takes
0: a few episodes to get rolling. But like The Sopranos, uh, same thing, where you, you wind up with these... Everybody roots for Tony Soprano. Tony Soprano is like a mob boss.
1: Did you ever see that show Weeds...
0: I've heard of it, but I've never seen Um,
1: it. And to be fair, I haven't seen a lot of that either. I watched, I don't think I even finished the first season of it, but it's like a bit of a rip-off of Breaking Bad, honestly. Um, An interesting show, a well-done show, Breaking Bad was better. Um, I think she gets divorced. I can't remember what the catalyst is, but there's a... A woman. She doesn't get cancer. No, she does not get okay. cancer. There's... She was not in Walt's situation. <laughs> no, before. it's not that extreme. Um, a mom who has two children, a son and a daughter, I believe, if I'm remembering right. It's been years since I have watched this show.
0: This is a podcast bent on trying to pull us away from what we're trying to talk about. <laughs> to
1: be fair, though, Jax has been sick and not eating, so yeah. I'm kind of glad he's over there
0: messing with his food dish. My buddy's not been feeling <laughs> good. He got a bath today. He got brushed. He got special dinner. Is
1: so he you
0: talking about me? I am. <laughs> I love you
1: <laughs> but um so weeds there's a mom she's got two children and I think I said if I'm not mistaken um, her husband left her or something like that so she's now a mom who I think either was not working at all previously or just didn't really have any skill sets so yeah. she had a low paying job trying to support her family who were living in this like suburban neighborhood that she could no longer afford so she starts selling weed. And um, it's initially similar to Breaking Bad, this concept of I'm just trying to feed my children yeah. and stay afloat so we don't all start. to weed death. weed methamphetamine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. It's a, it's a, a watered-down, I feel like, kind of borrowed concept from Breaking Bad. But... Um, She starts selling drugs because she she wants to provide for her children and she doesn't want her children to starve and she doesn't want to end up in the trailer park.
0: Nobody's ever died from weed, so (laughs) if you're going to sell a drug, that's a damn good drug to sell. She
1: she ends up being very successful at it, so it kind of goes to her head. She's living this very lavish lifestyle and her children are kind of like starting to question, like, what does mom do? Like, what's going on? Why is she
0: listening to so much Snoop Dogg?
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they are put in all these like traumatic, you know, circumstances. I think they have to yeah. flee the country at one point or something, but you know, a similar concept of like having good intentions and then shit just keeps getting worse and yeah, worse and crazier worse. Crazier and crazier. I have no idea how that show ended because I again didn't watch all of it, mm-hmm. but it's a you know concept of the hero going yeah. through
0: The Hero's journey. Yeah. <laughs> it's all back to the Odyssey. <laughs> Don't like that one either. It's like, mm. We've done better. We've made it better. Don't need Hamlet. We have Sons of Anarchy. We don't need The Odyssey. We have literally every other story.
1: <laughs> so is uh politics character your favorite protagonist?
0: It, I it changes because I have like fifteen thousand favorites. So I'm like, this is my favorite song, and they're like. <laughs> you uh, Flavor
1: of the Week. <laughs> flavor of
0: the Week. I'd have to think pretty hard to think of somebody that I liked better than Tender Branson. i
1: have
0: to read that book. Yeah. He's just so flawed and he's so alone and he, he's never doing anything that you're rooting for. You don't read Survivor and then like there's a happy ending at the end. No. You're reading Survivor backwards because supposedly he's dead. Now, if you want to go read the book, and we can have the debate, we can do that. But there is the debate of whether or not Tender parachuted out of the plane to go live with fertility in Australia. Um, but we can't have that debate until you and the entire audience goes and reads that book. Because <laughs> I had to find that on like a, a Reddit.
1: Reddit. <laughs> I do think you can do
0: To If two... you read the last chapter, it's like, oh... There was an extra parachute. Where did did, did he go? (laughs) Was he trying to escape fame and isolate himself again to get away from everything? Or did he really kill himself? Because fertility got off the plane. Fertility, she knows things.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I do think, because you talk about him being a not likable character, that you can go too far with that, though. Like I, I have a very love-hate relationship with shows like Seinfeld, or It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, or shows like that, because, um... Like sitcom type thing? Well, not specifically sitcoms, but those shows in particular, like, they have their moments, they have really funny episodes, they have really heartfelt episodes, but the characters themselves are just really... Selfish, not likable people. Yeah. I don't know. Have you ever seen It's Always Sunny? Uh,
0: a few episodes. Yeah. Somewhere. They're
1: all of them really horrible people. Like deep down inside, <laughs> just selfish, unlikable. Like I would not be friends with these people. And Seinfeld is kind of the same. They're not very nice people. Yeah. It's like I probably wouldn't be friends with you in real life. So like I have a bit of a love hate relationship yeah. with like people that push. Kramer had
0: some dicey things to say one time to a black crowd. <laughs> <laughs>
1: But, like, uh, characters that are too unredeeming are difficult mm. for me because it's like, at no point can I sympathize with you. So it's like, oh, this shitty thing is happening to you. You probably deserved it. <laughs> it's a shame. to go. Nice Most person.
0: of the two star Tuesdays. I'm like, well, fuck. Here we go again. We <laughs>
1: <laughs> mm, but we blew through all my show notes. I'm out. And that was all I had. You
0: Pataculous. seem excited about it. Well,
1: it's on. <laughs> That's a very distracting episode. I know. it's it, it,
0: Between the dryer kind of like lulling in the background and the weekend. The and fact that the,
1: we just drove up from the wedding today. Yeah,
0: the cats are trying to kill each other. The dog's been shitting himself all really day. I'm really excited
1: about wings, honestly. I love you guys. It's
0: wings and rings night. We should do a, a, a whole separate, like once a month podcast where we eat wings and rings on you guys just hear it
1: oh gross no no i'm vetoing that idea right
0: now (laughs) but we're gonna do wings and rings and we're gonna watch scream 2 because uh all the screams are currently up on netflix and it's a finite amount of time before we have to wait a whole other year to go watch all of them um we were supposed to be going out on our first official Missoula date tonight, but. Too tired. Fuck that. <laughs> we
1: did go to a, a tavern last night. We did? So and you, we...
0: like, almost puked up a shot of Jack Daniels.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. Directly
0: back into the glass.
1: I don't do straight shots, though. And, like, you ordered two shots, and my brain was just like, oh, Brett wants two shots for himself. And then you yeah. handed me the glass, and I was like, I don't want that. Tennessee
0: whiskey was playing the second we walked into the bar. If you don't think with my little Alan Watts-esque fucking take on shit, I'm not going to accept that synchronicity. Order two shots of Jack Daniels Tennessee whiskey to drink to the drunk cowboys singing Tennessee whiskey. Yeah, it's your goddamn mind. It was a single
1: shot. It took me three tries to get it down. (laughs)
0: I I slugged mine back. I was like, "God damn it! I love whiskey." And then I looked at you, and you looked like you just spit all of your whiskey back into the glass. Uh, it was like choking on it. <laughs> I didn't
1: I'm spit still not any convinced
0: though. you didn't just throw it over your shoulder. Like, <laughs> <"Hey!"> <laughs> I don't
1: do if I if I did a shot of anything, it would be something like I like. Canadian whiskey, like that has like that more spicy taste to it, so maybe something like that. I don't know that.
0: if I've ever had a Canadian whiskey. Like, really? what's a good example?
1: Oh, I'm blanking. Crap. I don't know, but they're usually labeled at the liquor store like Canadian whiskey, and they it's have makers. Like a, uh, Love makers, Mark. I don't know. I don't know. I don't we'll know. get we're one t- next. We're time.
0: talking good guys and whiskey on this episode. <laughs> 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 oh, <gosh. laughs>
1: choking on my wine now
0: <coughs> we're falling Stop. apart how i sounded last we're night we're stopping this podcast
1: <laughs> <laughs> we'll get one next time we go to the liquor store though and i'll show you what i mean they have like a spicier oh, taste are we event. doing
0: shots on the next episode of mistakes We me maybe oh, yeah. Two shots of canadian whiskey <laughs> but i'm
1: more of a rum person rum has a sweeter taste yeah even. so if i was going to do a shot of something it'd have to be like a spiced whiskey or a rum or something
0: i've tried walking you into the world of scotch before like I, I, you know
1: i'm a huge fan of spiced rum like captain morgan <laughs> Yeah. Big shot of that. But whiskey, I'm gonna die of death. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, I have zero show notes and we are sitting at fifty one minutes, so shall we keep going or are you good?
1: No, I really want some wings.
0: We're gonna throw the wings in the goddamn oven. We're gonna watch some more Wes Craven. Probably gonna try to talk to you guys about that in a couple more days. But before we do all that Um Oh, fuck it. We got plugs on just about everything. I'm, you want to go through the plugs? <laughs> I, mean, I don't know? have the energy. I'm falling asleep in this chair. Yeah, they're
1: in the description. Yeah,
0: you go find them. Why don't you go find the plugs? Send me a fucking email. India guy. All right. I love you, sweetheart. I love you. And I love you guys. And we will talk to you in a couple of days.